On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashi Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. Vientalam again Omgrev, Orkorn Rachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, Paddy Cosgrave, misunderstood or mischief maker. We 59,000 fully badged attendees, brilliant entrepreneurs, engineers, investors, just over 81,000 people from more than 170 countries will pass through the doors of Web Summit over the next four days. The Web Summit is one of Ireland's most successful tech exports, but one of its co-founders is increasingly finding himself at the centre of controversy. What Paddy Cosgrave did with the Web Summit was actually quite impressive in in building up a a global brand. And I'm not sure we could appreciate that here in Ireland. There have been nasty social media spats, political rows, pandemic apologies, and now a court battle. There have been allegations of shareholder oppression, bullying and harassment, claims of hacking, vendettas against political and business figures, and the misuse of company resources. But we've only heard one side of the story yet. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, we profile the self-confessed crony insider, Paddy Cosgrave. Siobhan Maguire, consumer journalist. Who is Paddy Cosgrave? Paddy Cosgrave, Kevin, is a 38-year-old tech entrepreneur. Um, he's he's most famous for... Um, founding, co-founding the Web Summit, which, as we now know, is this massive kind of Glastonbury for nerds um, in terms of its scope, scale and level of guests. He is a very interesting character, a rural upbringing in County Wicklow, educated Glenstall Abbey, uh, private school, went on to Trinity, was involved in the Philsock there. And then from being an anonymous, ordinary fella, has gone on to huge success. Absolutely. So Paddy Cosgrave really just came into uh, prominence on a very kind of low profile level, Kevin, in around 2009 with the first Web Summit. Now, they only had 150 um, attendees at that event. But there was a very gradual buildup in the years following where all of a sudden, um, as journalists, we're hearing about this, this young tech entrepreneur and exactly what he's trying to do in terms of bringing 
the tech world, a major tech event to uh, Irish and international audiences. And if you look from those very early days, I mean, the level of guests was actually really good. Bono, you had um, Eva Longoria, you know, and people were saying, well, how how is this small event managing to to get so many people? And actually, I, I say small event. So if we look at 2009 with 150 attendees, by 2019, that was over 70,000 people. Now, that is pretty huge, regardless of, of whether it's it's a rock concert or, a, a, you know, a big sporting event. Like for, for 70,000 um, attendees interested in the tech world, exploring the tech world, making new discoveries, that's pretty huge. Perhaps we in the Irish media didn't fully understand exactly what they were trying to achieve. But Paddy was pretty clear in his own mind of what Web Summit would be. One of the things that we wanted to do was uh, attract people that don't ordinarily meet or interact with uh, these tech founders who are building incredibly disruptive companies with a truly global impact. Siobhan, I remember being at Web Summit in those early days when it was out in the RDS and it was quite extraordinary. You you named some of the guests there, but it wasn't just um, that Glastonbury for nerds, which you you suggest. It wasn't just about startups going around begging uh, billionaires for money on, on the side of presentations on the stage. It also came into Dublin city centre. And I remember being on nights out after it at places like the Stag's Head and there was rumours around who'd be in which pub and there was, you know, big names from the international um, companies just floating around Dublin on the beer. Absolutely. I mean, you you heard stories of the likes of Elon Musk at Coppers. Now, I mean, that's that's just gold in terms of of you know article content. Um, Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter. I mean, he was available to media as a guest, a Web Summit speaker in the very early days as well. Um, and if you even just kind of Fast forward to, say, um, this year's Web Summit 2021. I mean, the the calibre of guests that Paddy Cosgrave manages to get year in, year out, it's really, really impressive. I mean, you cannot, you cannot scold him or take that away from him. He gets a fantastic lineup, the likes of of A.O. Tometi, the founder of Black Lives Matter this year, uh, Francis uh, Horn, the Facebook whistleblowers. So, um, it's something that continues to build, continues to keep us interested. And I believe that's firmly uh, lying with Paddy and his uh, his ingenuity. But things between Web Summit and Dublin turned sour. In some ways, Web Summit perhaps became not too big for its boots, but too big for Dublin. Or certainly that's how Paddy Cosgrave uh, felt about it. And he, he fell out effectively with Enda Kenny's government um, you had a fascinating story, Siobhan, around some of the demands back in, in 2014, 2015 that Web Summit were making of Dublin City Council in order for them to stay here. This is interesting, uh, Kevin, in that this is the kind of narrative that has followed Paddy around over the years. I would say it, he he's misunderstood a lot of the time because what he was trying to do as a, a tech entrepreneur is make Dublin centre stage for this global event, you know, really big us up and get all these people over here. And traditionally, we are a nation who love to pat people on the back when they start out and say, look, isn't 
isn't he or she doing an amazing job? And then they get a little big for their boots. And then we have an issue. And I firmly believe that this is what happened in the case of Paddy Cosgrave and the Web Summit in Dublin. But what was he looking for that the city council and the government thought was excessive? So what he wanted for the Web Summit, this is in 2015, um, he wanted street closures, Garda escorts, temporary bike stations, free leap cards, uh, travel cards, um, uh, discounts on hotel accommodation. All of this uh, came from a freedom of information request. And as uh, as journalists at the time, we, we were being egged on by people in certain quarters um, to make these submissions because they knew that all of these requests were coming in from the Web Summit. Um, a lot of them were seen as very outlandish and uh, and a lot of it was seen as, as petulance on the part of, of Paddy. You know, why there is he asking? There was a feeling for... in political circles, I recall, that this company, uh, this event was making millions of euro and simultaneously looking for all this support that was going to fall back on the taxpayer to pay. And of course, one of the biggest rows was over the Wi-Fi and the uh, the failure, repeated failure of the Wi-Fi to actually work at the event. And ultimately, Web Summit decided they were out. And after five fantastic years in Dublin, we're moving to the absolutely wonderful city of Lisbon in 2016. Um, we're incredibly excited about that. So Siobhan, Web Summit was leaving the government were saying it wasn't their fault. Let's listen to what Enda Kenny said in reply to all that controversy. This was a commercial decision by the company involved and they're quite entitled to make that decision. Uh, and I wish them every success in Lisbon. Obviously, the exhibition centre there is of, of enormous proportions. I would say I've, I've supported uh, the Web Summit myself uh, from my days in opposition when I attended uh, at smaller meetings in the Mansion House to discuss how it might grow and it's, it's, it's been uh, extraordinarily successful. But it made no difference. Web Summit was gone, Siobhan. Where did it go? So it went over to Lisbon and we, we'd had indications from uh, Paddy Cosgrave in September of 2015 that the event would be held in Lisbon and that it would be Dublin's uh, little baby no more. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, he's entered into an amazing uh, 110 million euro deal with Portugal to host it there for a certain number of years. And it's almost bigger than it ever could have been in Ireland, I think, because the Portuguese have kind of embraced his his demands and his whims. And it seems to be working out really well. Like during the pandemic, when nothing was going on, the Web Summit still managed to host a, a virtual event. And that had 104,000 people uh, logging in for that event. Now, that's hugely impressive, you know, when the rest of the, the world's completely shut down, Kevin. And then, of course, 2021 this year was, a, a, you know, a stage show on a scale that we've not quite seen in relation to the Web Summit and Paddy uh, using it to relay um, issues that might be of concern to himself. We've talked about Paddy Cosgrave, the very successful tech entrepreneur and millionaire. Um, But what people mightn't be so aware of is that going back many years, even before he was as famous as he is now, he always had displayed quite a strong interest in society and public policy. Um, Here's a clip from the big tech show, Adrian Reckler's podcast in 2018, where he was talking about the housing crisis. 
I'm sure there's some people in Ireland who are satisfied with the state of the kind of housing sector uh, mm. at the moment. If you're a, if you're a big landlord, well, I'm, uh, I'm, you've you've yeah. got to be very happy. But certainly, if you're younger, if you're part of a younger kind of demographic, um, you're you've just you're just once again watching yourself being priced out entirely of the market or priced into thirty. Years now, Siobhan, of, that was an interview he did yeah. with Adrian Weckler and had clearly got very strong views um, that I think could be articulated by quite a large section of the population. But it's Paddy's activities on social media in more recent times that have raised eyebrows. It's almost like a tale of two Paddy's um, in terms of his social media output. So on the one hand, you have a very angry Paddy on Twitter. I mean, he even has added the skull and crossbones flag to his um, Twitter handle, uh, supposedly to symbolise that Ireland was run by a bunch of pirates, privateers and cronies. And uh, and he does lash out uh, a fair bit and, um, you know, doesn't hold back in terms of opinion. And then you... Switch over to Instagram and you get a very warm and cuddly, happy, loving uh, uh, father, husband, uh, cat owner, uh, tennis player. You know, a really pleasant feed on his Instagram of a man who is, you know, really living life the way he wants to live. And by all accounts, seems like he's very, very happy. I had a look back through some of, I suppose, his public spats over the last couple of years. And it's fair to say that he has engaged on Twitter in a lot of public commentary. And it's also, I think, fair to say that he has a serious dislike for what he would see as the so-called establishment, um, regularly criticising Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil or FFG, as as they would be referred to on social media, and talking up the possibility of a, a Sinn Féin government in the near future. And even for us, Siobhan, he, he likes to attack us in, in quotes, poor kittens um, in the media um, and often accusing the Irish Independent, the Irish Times of attempted hatchet jobs on him um, while simultaneously describing himself as a complete and utter crony insider. It is, it's kind of entertaining, if I'm honest, to read a lot of it, but there have been serious sides to it as well. And and one of those, uh, actually there's been two occasions over recent times that his Twitter commentary has got him in trouble. One involved uh, Matthew O'Toole, the GP who's been at the centre of the, the Leo, the leak controversy, which we'll talk about in a moment, no doubt. Um, but the GP actually sued him over online comments that Paddy had made, which suggested that he was involved in spin and deception and that this was leading to a loss of life. Um, this all related to coverage around the pandemic and commentary around the pandemic. And Paddy Cosgrave later had to apologise unreservedly and admit he was wrong. Um, And then there was the somewhat infamous episode of the dead nurses. And that involved another apology where after claiming on Twitter that four nurses who had fought so hard for so many patients during the early days of the COVID-19 crisis that they had died. And that created quite the storm on social media. And ultimately, it was totally unfounded and it led to Paddy having to issue an apology to the HSE and the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation. So while it is entertaining, actually quite a bit of it is quite serious too. Oh, definitely, Kevin. And and it can get quite personal, actually. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Leo Varadkar here. Funny enough, um, Leo Varadkar and Paddy Cowsgrave seem to get on 
reasonably well a few years ago, which a lot of people might not realise, um, as evidenced by this clip. Yeah, we've a great working relationship. I was at the the latest U2 concert with Leo and spent a good deal of time uh, chatting to him. Um, it seems, yeah, there's lots of very positive kind of dialogue going on and we're working uh, in lots of different ways. But it has all gone very, very sour. And that is, of course, of course referring to the hashtag Leo the Leak, um, which is a story that Paddy Cosgrave has, I suppose, publicised to a huge extent. It's a story about Leo Varadkar leaking a draft GP contract to his friend, Dr. Matthew O'Toole, who was involved in, in one of the GP unions a couple of years ago. Um, Leo Varadkar has said, of course, that he did it in good faith and that uh, while it may not have been best practice, it wasn't illegal. But more recently at that web summit where you talked about it being a huge success and having a global audience, Siobhan, Paddy Cosgrave decided to put that story about Leo Varadkar front and centre. In 2020, Whistleblower Aid created their first outpost in Europe, in Ireland. The very first Irish whistleblower that John Ty, the co-founder of Whistleblower Aid, advised was an entrepreneur called Shea Bowes. Shea had evidence of potential corruption by Ireland's then Prime Minister, or Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar. The Tánaiste, of course, is subject to that Garda investigation. He says he wants it to end as quickly as possible. It looks like it'll be next year before we have any outcome on that one way or the other. But he did give this story credence because he ended up having to go into the doll and give an apology. I do regret it and I am sorry for the controversy and the annoyance that my actions have caused, including to members of the medical profession, members of the IMO, my colleagues in government and to the House. Of course, Kevin, in the meantime, that story will continue to rumble on. Uh, but w- what we do have now is a, a new controversy where Paddy finds himself in the middle of a court case. Shane Phelan, legal editor with the Irish Independent. Just a few weeks ago, the Web Summit was riding high, big in-person event in Portugal. But since then, there has been a bit of a cloud over the company as its name has been dragged through the courts. What exactly has been going on? Well, the shine really has gone off things, I suppose, um, because of various legal battles that are ongoing at the moment. You 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 basically have disputes involving the three co-founders uh, of the Web Summit, uh, Paddy uh, Cosgrove, David Kelly, and, uh, and Dara Hickey, and um, the, the latest of which uh, has recently been entered onto the, uh, the list of the commercial court in Dublin. Um, I have to say, um, this is one of the most uh, bitter corporate disputes that I can remember. Um, there is claim and counterclaim, some very serious allegations being made on both sides. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see how, how it, uh, it all plays out. Paddy Cosgrave is arguably the most public of those three names you mentioned. Who are David Kelly and Dara Hickey? So uh, David Kelly um, is, is a friend of, of Paddy Cosgrove's from their time together at Glenstall Abbey. It was one of the co-founders of the Web Summit, uh, resigned as a director uh, in February. Uh, Dara Hickey um, was also a, a close friend of Paddy Cosgrove. Uh, they, they both studied together in Trinity and then he came aboard, on board as a co-founder as well. And he resigned as a director uh, back in 2019. He's arguably the, 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 the next most high-profile um, figure in all of this. He, he sits on the board of RTE and he has an advisory firm in uh, New York. 
So the three guys set up Web Summit, had huge success with it. What's gone wrong? Well, I suppose the starting gun um, on, on these disputes was fired back in, in September. There was a lawsuit filed by the Web Summit holding company. It's called Manders Terrace uh, in, in, in San Francisco. Um, and that was against David Kelly. And it, it basically, it, it relates to a dispute over uh, an investment fund that uh, David Kelly uh, was involved in, which, which was basically uh, alleged to have leveraged the success of the Web Summit. And uh, a, a related lawsuit was then filed uh, in October in the commercial court in Dublin. And the claims to be made in that by Paddy, Paddy Cosgrave are, are, are essentially that um, this second investment fund was set up in secret uh, to profit from the Web Summit's success. And uh, he's basically claimed that the Web Summit has lost out on about $10 million as a result of, of the actions of David Kelly. Since then... There are uh, two uh, additional lawsuits have been filed by David, uh, by companies controlled by uh, David Kelly and, com- and a company controlled by uh, uh, Dara Hickey. These essentially uh, relate to what they what they claim to be shareholder oppression. So, Paddy Cosgrave he has eighty percent or, or more. Uh, of the shares in the company, uh, David Kelly only has twelve, and and Dara Hickey has seven. But they they you know they're not unsubstantial shareholdings to have, but they say, look, despite having these shareholdings, um, they were uh, effectively forced out uh, by Paddy Cosgrave. They had little or no say in the running of the company. Those claims are being contested uh, by by Paddy Cosgrave. Shane, you you spend a lot of time down the courts and these kind of corporate falling outs are not unusual, especially when there's uh, big money involved. But this one is getting a lot more attention than maybe these type of cases usually would. Why is that? I suppose a, a lot of the allegations that have been thrown at, at, at Paddy Cosgrave are, 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 are somewhat colourful um, and indeed quite serious. Definitely not the, the, the sort of picture that he would like presented of uh, how he runs the Web Summit. Um, in particular, there's been allegations made by um, Dara Hickey uh, of uh, bullying and and harassment of staff, uh, he claims that a, a former employee who made a formal written complaint of harassment and, and bullying against Mr. Cosgrave got a, a confidential settlement. And he basically goes on to say in, in, in an affidavit that was filed in court that you know this wasn't an isolated incident. That um, he, he he claims that uh, Paddy Cosgrave would routinely chastise and demean staff, in particular uh, female staff, uh, publicly and um, uh, on occasion reducing them to tears or placing them under inordinate amounts of stress. There's several alleged incidents outlined in an affidavit that he has filed in court. So some of these more serious than others, but they're, you know, the claims they really do kind of cut quite deep in an industry where, you know, you're really looking to retain the best staff to drive your conference forward, but also, you know, could give you an image problem uh, and make it difficult to get, you know, high profile speakers to come if they think there's a cloud hanging over how the, how the business is being run. Um, Some of the other uh, alleged uh, incidents in the in the reporting that you've done from the, the court papers, things like st- staff being sacked on a whim, uh, staff being gaslighted by Paddy Cosgrave, um, in one instance, Dara Hickey had claimed that six employees resigned not long after a town hall address given by Paddy Cosgrove, where he had told them 
that if they weren't able to put up with the pace of work there, that they would only be average people or civil servants. Um, so it's 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 presenting, I suppose, this culture in the workplace. But there's also other claims in there that go beyond that. And the name of businessman Dennis O'Brien has been brought into it. Yeah, so essentially there's, there's an allegation um, in one of these lawsuits that, you know, Paddy falls out with people and when he falls out with people, he falls out with them very badly. And uh, it's claimed that, look, Paddy Cosgrave had a, a, a very good relationship with Dennis O'Brien. Dennis O'Brien uh, would have been quite supportive of the Web Summit at the early stages, but that things took a turn when uh, Dennis O'Brien's companies uh, basically stopped sponsoring the event. So one of the claims being made, for example, is that um, Mr. Cosgrave used Dennis O'Brien's private jet to fly to Davos and the US. That was the extent of the 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 the, the, uh, the friendship that they would have had. But after the sponsorship kind of ended, and uh, I think Paddy Cosgrave had, or it's alleged he had an apprehension that Dennis O'Brien was, was lending his support to a rival event at, at that stage. The allegation is that Paddy Cosgrave then began a campaign of abuse against Dennis O'Brien and, you know, taking to social media and so on uh, to say things about him. There's other allegations there that are quite serious and we have to stress these are allegations, Kevin. Nothing is proven here. Largely only kind of heard one side of the story in these. Um, but another quite serious allegation is uh, that Paddy Cosgrave is said to have admitted hacking the email of a rival tech conference, the Dublin Tech Summit. Now, this was said to have happened after he became concerned that a, a, a former Web Summit employee might have shared confidential information uh, from the Web Summit. And uh, these are claims made by Dara Hickey. He says he was completely shocked by, you know, by all of this, uh, but that Mr. Cosgrave, you know, kind of dismissed it as, as, a, as a minor incident and didn't make much of it. But Shane, as you say, we only have one side of this story so far. Why hasn't Paddy Cosgrave said anything yet? Well, I suppose, Kevin, he, he has uh, had plenty to say in uh, in his affidavit uh, in the case that he, he, he is taking. So this is the breach of fiduciary duty uh, case against uh, David Kelly. Um, there have been some uh, statements from the Web Summit, for example, um, in relation to uh, David Kelly's counter uh, suit, they've claimed that look he's rehashing old claims to deflect from the lawsuit against him. Um, also, a statement from the Web Summit describing allegations made by uh, Dara Hickey as baseless. But you're right, Jess. We, we, we've kind of yet to hear from Paddy Cosgrave in detail about the specific um, incidents documented. Uh, in the affidavits of the other shareholders. Um, he's going to be given the opportunity to do that. Um, the the High Court has has given him permission to file an affidavit. Um, that's due to be filed sometime in, uh, in, in January. And uh, it's likely to be March um, before the contents of that are, are opened uh, to the court. So there's some distance to go in this court hearing before we get to the, the real truth of the story. Um, there is. Well, until we have... Both sides, I suppose, laid on the table, yes. And I suppose it's understandable that it would take a period of time to uh, produce a response because these affidavits are voluminous and there are myriad uh, allegations. You could have 10 podcasts uh, dealing with all of the various allegations that are being made in the affidavits. So um, I think it's understandable it will take a period of time for for him to address the, the, the issues that have been raised. 
I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recording by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from independent.ie, RTE, and the Web Summit. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>